we just want to give a big shout out real quick to those of you who are joining us online. Thank you so much for the privilege that we have, the honor that we have to allow to have you with us today. You are a valuable part of our church family. We don't want to forget that you're out there. And so as we go through uh, today, if something ministers to you, just, just drop a comment there uh, in the chat in some way. Just let us know um, that, you, that you're in agreement, that, uh, that that's ministering to you, uh, so that we can know, uh, know where you're at, know who you are. And so we just welcome, welcome our online uh, family uh, here today. We, we kind of have a, a, a bit of a full day, uh, as uh, most of you who may attend here may see over here on the side of the room, we have a, um, our baptismal set up. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to build up to that in a way. Uh, Francisco is wanting, is asked to be baptized. But I want to, I want to just talk about baptism just a minute. Uh, because, um, you know, we're going to continue our state of worship on a little bit longer. Because we've been worshiping, we've been praising, we've been honoring God for who He is and what He's done, right? Those songs, it, it allows us to, to reflect on His goodness, on His love, uh, and talk to Him and receive from Him through that process. Uh, but we're going to continue that because baptism is a process of of saying, Lord, we honor you. We, we know who you are, and this is an act that, that you've implemented in your word that we can be a part of, and by embracing it and being a part of that, we are in effect saying, Lord, we are making you Lord of our lives in this area. We're acknowledging you. We are submitting to you. We're being obedient to you. That's what worship is. And that's what we're going to do uh, in, in baptism. <clears throat> so uh, as in just kind of a, a setting the stage for a baptism, you know, um, in, the, in Bible times, if you can think back to kind of when the Bible was, was written and, and, and how it, it addressed some of these things, it's, it's good sometimes to know the context of something a little bit. And if you, uh, if you can go back with me, if you will, and maybe in our, in our imagination, we're not going to get everything right, but we're going to imagine what it was like being uh, back during the time when, when, when they wrote about um, the baptism and, the, and the, the, the act of being baptized as a, as a part of our worship as a part of our obedience to what God is leading us to do. And in, in, in that time, a person who converted from one religion to another was often baptized to identify that conversion. Baptism was the, mean of, was the means of making a public decision. And it still is, right? Those who refused to be baptized were saying that they did not truly believe. So in the minds of the apostles and the early disciples, the idea of an unbaptized believer was unheard of. When a person claimed to believe in Christ, yet was ashamed to proclaim his faith in public, it indicated that he did not have true faith. So today, we're making a proclamation of faith. Francisco is making a proclamation of faith in Christ Jesus to those who are witnesses, to, to us who are witnesses, and also to us whom he can be held accountable to. And the, active, and the action of being immersed in the water, it illustrates the dying and being buried with Christ, and the action of coming up out of the water is a picture of Christ's resurrection similar to what we do when we take communion we're remembering it's a, it's a point is it's a point of connection that we're remembering what Christ did now obviously we do communion often baptism is a single action a single act that is a result of one's prior commitment or commitment to make Jesus Christ their lord now, I, I think there are two reasons to be baptized. One of them, it's a step of obedience, right? Because the Word tells us to. 
Baptism is a symbol of what has already occurred in the heart and the life of one who is trusted in Christ as Savior. We are baptized in obedience to the Word. And baptism is also a statement. We've alluded to that. Statement that one's commitment to identify with Christ's sacrifice and turn from a life of disobedience. The statement is an outward testament to the church family and as a witness. So I'm going to say, and, and, and this is my understanding, and it's not necessarily, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with anybody who would necessarily, who, who would have, who have a disagreement. But I'm just going to give you my story. I was told that I had been baptized as a child. But I had no recollection of that. And so, while I don't think that it made a difference in a sense to where my relationship with the Lord was, I, was not, I did not have the opportunity to make a conscious decision to be obedient. And I believe that in one's life, there are two opportunities that one may decide to be baptized. First of all, is on the, at, at or following, at or directly following your conversion, a decision to become a follower of Christ, or perhaps you've fallen away and you've followed afar off and you've been in disobedience for a period of time. Now, I'm not here to make a statement necessarily about what the state of your spirit was during that time or whether or not the first decision was actually a real one or not, that's, that's beside the point. The point is, is that now you've made a decision, right? And maybe, you've been, maybe you were baptized and immersed prior to, but for whatever reason, maybe you've fallen away and you've fallen for far off. And as an act of obedience between you and the Lord, and as a statement and, an act, and, and, a, and a physical act of faith, you were to say, I want to be baptized. You see, I was baptized as a child, I was told. And then I was baptized as an adult when it was my decision to make. And it was as a result of me saying, Father, I want to be in obedience, obedience to your word. And I want to make a public confession, declaration in front of my family and my friends and my church family to say, I choose you. And in such, in that declaration, in that commitment, I'm also saying to my friends and to my church family, I need you, I want you, I expect you to hold me accountable. And if I am slip up or if I am perceived to be following from afar, you have the right to say, I believe I observed you make a decision for Christ. You did that publicly. What's going on? And it might be just a thing to say, oh, you're right, and bring me back to a place of obedience. So Francisco is going to be baptized today. But I want to open the floor. And I know it may be awkward. And I know that it might not be convenient because you probably didn't bring a change of clothes. But we have towels, and you probably have a vehicle, and you can probably know where your house is. So here's my point. I want to open the floor. I want to give anyone the opportunity to join Francisco today in making a public declaration, a public commission, uh, admission that Jesus is my Savior, and I identify with Him today in the death, the burial, and the resurrection through the act of being baptized and immersed in water. So, if, and I don't want you to do it because I said, but I, if the Holy Spirit, if you feel that little itch in you, or yet just that thing that's saying, you know, maybe it's time that I made a bold statement today. 
Maybe it's time that I did something out of the ordinary. Maybe it's time that I did something that's not comfortable. Maybe it's time that I did something that makes a stand for Christ. Is this the time, Lord? Maybe. Jeannie, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Which one do I want? Put, I want you to pull up Matthew 25. <clears throat> Be prepared to run through verses 1 through 13 and do that in a New King James Version. There's a, there's, a verse, there's, a, there's a portion of Scripture that I haven't really known what to do with all my life. It's in the Word. It's true. Right? It's real. But if, the, there, was a, if there was a portion of Scripture that just kind of read through... I just didn't know quite what to do with it in its entirety. This would be it. Let me start reading in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, and while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. A door was shut. Now, there's probably a whole lot of teaching that can go on from the verse of scriptures, from that segment that I just read. But what I really want to key on, that was all just setting it up. Now, verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, this is where they, they went out and they bought their oil, right? And they, and they come back and they're saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I want you to remember five words. I do not know you. Now I would say those virgins knew the bridegroom. Right? I mean, they were waiting expectantly. They waited all night. They brought their lamps. They forgot the oil, but they brought their lamps. They were there. They were waiting they knew the bridegroom, but in the end, because they didn't prepare themselves, I do not know you. Jeannie, pull up for me Matthew 7, starting in verse 21. Another scripture, folks, that I haven't really known what to do with. It's in the Bible. It's true. Amen? It's true. How does it apply to me? It's kind of harsh. I mean, it's a little bit, ugh. Verse 21, did I say through 23? Okay, we're going to start in 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? 
And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Sounds a lot like, I do not know you. I never knew you. How is that possible? These people, Lord, 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 Lord. I mean, they're recognizing him in his Lord. They're admitting he is the Lord. And they say to them, we have been, I've been, we've done all these things. Pastor Margaret, this is not where I plan to go today. I've done, we've done all these things. Cast out demons. We've prophesied. So they knew him. For some reason, he didn't know them. I never knew you. How is that possible? How is that possible? Going on, Jeannie, I didn't tell you this, but we're going to go ahead and read on. Therefore, I don't know how far, 24 through maybe 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat down on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. And great was its fall. It goes back there. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. I'm going to go back to Matthew verse, uh, chapter 25. I believe, Jeannie, it would be verse. No, I'm sorry. Stay in, stay in Matthew twenty, uh, Matthew uh, chapter seven. I'm sorry about this. Um. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Folks, I want to be somebody that God knows. And the only way I know to do that from that verse of Scripture is to follow the precepts. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. The Word of God, the Scripture, the Bible, is how we know the will of God. And in the will of God, it says, folks, when you've made a decision for me, I want you to make a public declaration because those of you who profess me in public, my paraphrase, I will profess them. But if you deny me, I will deny you. So I don't know, Francisco is going to get baptized. By golly, I've taught myself into it. If I could baptize myself, I think I'd do it again. But if you know Jesus, if you made that commitment to him, and you're, or you've come back to him and, you, and you've, you've followed afar off and you today would say, I want, I don't know that I've done this and I want to clear it up. I want to be sure in myself. I want to be sure today. I want to make this profession before all of my friends and my family right here at church that I am a follower of Christ. I will do the will of the Father and I want to be baptized. Now it might mean you have to drive home with wet clothes. But if that potentially is you, I invite you as we begin to baptize Francisco and as we, uh, as we do that, I invite you to join us. And uh, we'll dunk you as well and uh, even, bo even borrow some clothes if we need to. 
Do you know that baptism, as I mentioned, it is a outward sign of a decision that we've made in our hearts. You know, Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to uh, uh, debate with our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ who believe that, that, that the baptism is necessary for salvation. I personally do not believe that it is. But I do believe that it's very important to be a follower of his precepts and to be the one who does the will of the Father in heaven. You see, it takes a decision, it takes an act, it takes something on our part to step out and say, God, I, I, I am, I'm all in, I'm sold out, I am, I'm for you, I'm with you, I am going to do this thing and today is the day that I make that proclamation. So, Francisco, are you ready, my friend? So if there is anybody, I mean, can you hold that for me? If there's anybody else, I just invite you to come up and get in line because we will be pleased and privileged and honored to, to walk with you in your commitment and your dedication and your decision uh, and your statement and your obedience. You ready? Okay. We're going to step down in there. Watch out for that brick. It's holding the stopper down. You turn around. You sit down. All right, Francisco. Should you give us your name, your full name? And if you have something on your heart, that declaration, I would like you to tell, tell us, your church family, uh, why you're being baptized. My name is Francisco Rodriguez, and the reason why I want to get baptized is because I feel like I need to let go of my sins and start fresh. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray over you, Francisco. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a part of the decision the testimony that Francisco is giving right now to say, Lord, I am no longer following after my own ways, but I am following after you. So Father, he is turning away from those sins that so easily beset him. And Father God, he is making a commitment and a dedication, Father, to be this, to, in essence, to be the first day of the rest of his life. Francisco, I baptize you in the name of the, hold my hand, grab it, grab it with both hands, grab it with no other hand, put, put your hands behind it. There you go. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Woohoo! I'm going to give you the same opportunity. You don't have to give a big speech, but tell us what is in your heart. Name and heart's in your heart. My name is Wrangler Cole Rickman. Uh. I was raised in a pretty strong Christian family. 
and uh, things went astray in life, and I uh, I fell away from my Lord for a very long time, and I just feel like this is something that I need to do in order to get back on track with my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you, Wrangler. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that a sheep has come back home. I thank you, Lord God, that you would have sent Jesus to the cross if Wrangler was the only one who, would have, who was poised to make this decision. But Father, I thank you, Lord God, that he's not, that he has brothers and sisters in this room, that we are here observing this, this commitment, this decision, this day, Father God, as being the first day of the rest of his life. And I thank you, Father God, that you will walk with him, that you will anoint him, Father God, to walk in understanding of your love and of your plan and your purpose for his life all and every single day that he lives. Father, we love you and we thank you for it. And I praise you for the privilege to be able to be a part of this decision with Wrangler. In Jesus' name, amen. Wrangler, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. As Amber's getting her composure together just for a second, I had to tell you that I had the privilege to be a part of her rededication and commitment to follow after the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean the devil isn't out there wanting her back. Oh, he tried to get me this morning. He tried to get me good this morning, tried to get me not to come here to church, but I knew I had to get here because I knew the Lord had something for me today. I did not know that it was <laughs> We have an enemy, and he's out there, and he's looking to who he can, who he, he can destroy. He's like, he's like a, a lion. He's like that lion. He goes out, a roaring lion. He's not a whimpering coyote, nope. that's for sure. But praise God, our God is bigger. And Amber has friends. She has family who's not going to let her slip on the side, slip to the side. So today... I am being obedient. Amen. So my whole life, I had a spirit of rebellion. And when I brought myself back to the Lord, that was the first thing we addressed was we got rid of that spirit of rebellion. And I just want to be obedient. Amen. 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 Y'all heard that? All right. I don't think we need a microphone for that. Amber, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Devil's not going to win. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Going once. Going twice? All right. Amen. Excuse me. It's such an honor and a privilege to be a part of that with those folks. And I want to just tell you that if you were not ready yet, it's okay. It's 
All right. There'll be another opportunity. The Lord gives many, many opportunities. And He wants everyone to come to the time and the place and the decision in their, in, in their timing. Not because I motivated you. Not because I coerced you in any way. I, I don't want that at all. Even slightly. It used to be the, the hand of God and the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life that motivates you. And it's going to have true and real meaning there. And in a sense, in that, in that time, when that happens, you are in essence, you will be tying the hands of the devil in your life and you'll be saying, I am done with you. I'm over that. I'm finished with that. I am moving forward. And, I'm, and this is a new, a new day. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Changing gears a little bit. If I had a little box that had the word soap on it, I'd jump up on it now so you'd know that I was on my soapbox. But I think as a church, folks, as a church family, we need to make a difference in the world we live in. And while there's many, many ways to do that, I believe the church has bought a lie in that someone has convinced us that the separation of church and state means that we've got to walk around with a muzzle on our mouth. The reality is the separation of church and state was originally defined and declared to keep the, the state out of the affairs of the church, not to keep us quiet. Now back some time, as well-meaning as it was, the creation of the 501c3, the tax-exempt status for the church, may have been that slippery slope that started us on a, on, on a, on a slide towards... Um, the, the government or the state being able to tell us what to do. Because there's threats. You know, you can't um, do this and you can't do that. And while I will never in any way stand before you and tell you who you need to vote for, absolutely not, ever, will I do that. Never would I stand before you and necessarily endorse any candidate. I will endorse a platform. And I will endorse what is right and true and biblical. And if you can find a candidate that most aligns with what is good and true and biblical, that is the candidate you need to vote for regardless of whether you like that person or not. No one is asking you to go have dinner with them. You don't have to be their best friend. But if that person is going to align himself, herself, with the biblical, good, and true, what is good, biblical, and true, that is the person that needs to get your vote, not the person who has the most positive effect on your pocketbook. <clears throat> According to CBN News, of the 90 million professing Christians, 40 million failed to vote and 15 million are not even registered to vote. That means only 35 million or 38.8% of Christian, professing Christian votes were cast in the last election. Over 60% of the professing Christians didn't take a stand. Now I don't know what you think Matthew 7 and Matthew 25 might mean when it says, I don't know you. Or I didn't never, I never knew you. I don't know, I don't know necessarily what that necessarily means. And I'm not going to say if you vote, if you don't vote, doesn't mean, it means he doesn't know you. But I guess I would just say, you, we need to be people who's willing to make a stand. So are you one of the 60%? Would your vote have even made a difference? I understand. I understand. I understand. 
my vote doesn't make a difference. Why, how would my vote help anything? It's just one vote. Your vote by itself does not make a difference, but as part of the collective, it does make a difference. So, excuse me, I, 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 I didn't mean to say that your vote doesn't make a difference, but as part of a collective. You've heard of a grassroots movement as part of a, as part, so if you think about a rainstorm, if Murtis' name, if Murtis was a raindrop and he fell from the sky by himself, Murtis doesn't do a whole lot of good. But if he's, but if he's next to Judy and he's next to everybody else in this room, next to Margaret, uh, next to Doug, next to the rest of us, and those of you who are online, next to all of us, before long, that, that, that raindrop becomes a puddle. And then that puddle becomes a pond. And that pond becomes a lake. And that lake, I mean, 90, 90 million professing Christians would, would make a lot of difference in what, what the, 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 what, how our elections turn out. Can you show slide one? Evil succeeds when good men do nothing. That quote is uh, attributed to uh, Edmund Burke. There is some debate as to exactly what he actually said. But this might be a little bit of a paraphrase of what he actually said. But this is the essence of it. Evil succeeds when good men do nothing. So you know what? I don't like politics any better than the rest of you. I really don't. It's an absolute cesspool uh, because it's built on greed and the lust for power and money. And I don't know what getting involved means necessarily. But it starts, it starts with being registered, being informed, and casting your vote. Now, unfortunately, in Oklahoma, we've missed the deadline for being registered. So if what I had to say really motivated you and you thought, oh yeah, I'm going to vote, but you're not registered, it's not too late because you can vote in the 2024 uh, uh, elections, but it's too late for you for the 2022 elections. But if you're registered to vote, and over 18, by the way, um, I just, I implore you, I implore you, don't be in the 60% of the profession Christians who do not vote. Maybe your vote is only one, but with mine and the guy next to me and the rest of my family, well, Matthew's not old enough to vote yet, I guess, but uh, Matthew and Angel are close, but I guarantee you that's something that Kim and I have done from the very beginning. As soon as they're old enough, we take them, we get them registered to vote. And we're going to say, you're going to do your civic duty. At the very least, you need to cast a vote. And maybe one of them will choose to be in politics. Uh, I don't know if I want to wish that on them. But, that, that, but, you know, I don't know what that means to you to be involved. But casting your vote is the, is the least of it. Why don't you th show the, the last slide there that I've got. This is Martin Luther King. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent, silent about things that matter. Church, we cannot be silent. We cannot be silent about things that matter. You take a stand. You find out what matters to you. What does matter? What matters? What matters? I don't know what necessarily matters to you, but I tell you what, the unborn child, that matters. That matters. I personally believe that marriage matters. Marriage between one man and one woman. The biblical definition of marriage matters because you know why? Your relationship with your spouse or future relationship with your spouse, it is the bedrock of our society. And this church is only as strong as the marriages that make it up. Because I guarantee you, if you and your spouse are fighting when you leave, leave home and you, and you show up here, you're mad at each other and you come in here, you're not going to be real ready to hear what God says saying to you. And I guarantee you, chances are, if I need help in the nursery or the, uh, 
uh, or the children's church or on the ushers team or on, in music ministry or whatever that we need here to, to be a part of building the kingdom, you're probably not going to be in the best state of mind to be able to, 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 to do that. So I'm, I'm committed to your marriage. I'm committed to the relationship between you and your spouse because I, it needs to be God breathe God ordained and functioning on every level what else matters I don't know what else matters to you necessarily but there's there's a lot of things that matter and so I just invite you I implore you I encourage you to get involved in with your vote and become a voice and not be silent on things that matter amen all right I'm kicking the old soapbox off and uh, we're going to we're going to get on real quick um uh, we, we are preparing, we're moving towards Victory Center's 45th anniversary. Amen, amen. Uh, on November the um, 6th, right? November, I don't know why I said 5th. November 6th is the 45th anniversary of, of when Victory Center was started. And we're in the third building, and we're fixing to move towards the fourth building. Now, what we really need for you guys to do how many of you and I want a show of hands I'm putting you on the spot how many of you can say that Victory Center in some way has made a difference in your life okay I see hands everywhere some way some form or fashion Victory Center has made a, change, a difference in your life we want, we need, we desire, we implore you to give us a testimonial. Now, we were going to prepare a, a, a slide for you just to show you how, but you all should have received a text. Those of you who get texts from the church, I should say, you should have received a text from me with a link asking for your testimonial. Now, this is what they call Google, Do uh, Google Docs, Google, Google Forms, I believe. It's super, super simple for you to follow that link and it'll take you to a form and you fill in the information. You just type it in either on your computer or on your phone. Use your little thumbs. Fill in, write it. And if you just refuse to be a part of that, uh, we, will, we, we, will, we will take a written testimonial of how Victory Center has made a difference in your life. But by filling in that Google form, it, it simplifies it so much for us on our end. It's just, it's just right there. I mean, we can look at them. We can look at the number it was received. We can read them through, and it's just, it's just perfect. We, we cut and paste uh, from your testimonial. Uh, it's, it's already the work, 90% of the work has already been done. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Follow that link, please, and fill out that form. If Victor Center has made any kind of a difference in your life. We want to hear about it, and we want to be able to use those testimonies in our celebration that's planned for uh, November 6th. So uh, in light of that, remember, November 6th, big celebration. We're going to have tables set up in the entire room. We're going to have a meal. It's gonna, we're going to serve everybody, uh, and there's going to be a program. Um, there might even be birthday cake. Or not, I don't know. But there's going to be opportunity for us to celebrate 45 years of life here at Victory Center. And, um, and, and then also, uh, to, to uh, just, uh, segue off what Pastor Margaret said, uh, we will be taking up our, uh, our, our offering, our special offering, uh, on that day for the building fund. But as you know, November is kind of dedicated to, uh, to that building fund offering. And so, um, you know what, folks? God is building his church. And he's building his church through you and I. I don't know if any of y'all have seen angels out doing the work or if you've seen um, you know, any other sign um, of, of God himself in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I think we'd be awed, we'd be amazed if we, if we saw that. The point I'm trying to make is God lives in each and every one of us and what he does on this earth he's going to do through you and I. And we can choose to participate with him in that work or not. 
And one of the ways that we choose to participate with him is we, we become kingdom-minded in everything that we do. What I have been working on, doing better at, and failing at times, is recognizing that every opportunity that I have to interact with somebody else is an opportunity for the, to allow the Lord to use me, to speak through me, and to be a witness in whatever shape or form. Now, some of you guys are being like, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, it would embarrass me or, or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not talking about you, you. Not everybody is Charles Spurgeon. Not everybody is Billy Graham. Not everybody. But everybody has something that God has anointed and gifted you to do, I to do, us to do. And at the very least, that is being a light in the world that we're in. We have people that we rub shoulders with. We are, influen- we, we are influencers because you, you, you have, Rick cuts hair. He talks to 20 dozen people. Not a day, but whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, he, he talks to a lot of people. And in, and in every scenario and ever since, he, he I'm not putting words in your mouth, and I'm not leading you in this, but Rick can say, Lord, Mary's coming in here to get her hair cut. How can I represent you to Mary today? What word of encouragement? What, what, you know what? Sometimes a smile on our face shows the love of God, the love of Christ to the people we're around Maybe, the, maybe, maybe that's just all it needs. And you, go, you smile at them today, and they know something, you know, they, something's different about you. You smile at them, and, 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 and in two weeks, after you smile at them every day, they might even be thinking to themselves, I wonder what's going up with that person. And after three weeks or four weeks or a month or two months, they might even say, hey, can you tell me what's up with you? Yeah, I'd be happy to tell you. I have the joy of the Lord in my heart. His love never fails. Amen. Start quoting some of those songs to him. Some of those words of that song, you know. I mean, but just, just, just to be a, be, and, and you know what? Don't be weird about it. Turn around and walk off. Let them mull over that for a little bit. Maybe it's time for them to hit their needs and lead them in the, in the, in the sinner's prayer, but maybe it's just, I'm just living a witness in front of you. Speaking of living a witness, you know, I'm not saying that uh, the words of your mouth necessarily con- condemn you or whatever. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, just watch the way you speak. Watch what comes out of your mouth. If you want somebody to think that something's different about you, then you need to be different. And if, they're, if they talk a certain way, doesn't mean you have to talk that way. I am so far off of my notes. But we are one minute two, and I just want to thank you all for the privilege that, you've, that, that I've had to be, uh, to be with you today and to, to talk to you guys. Um, if I had a word for you, I would say, if you will put me first in all that you do, if you will acknowledge me in all of your ways and lean not on your own understanding, he will come through for you. As you acknowledge him in all your ways, that he will direct your paths. The process of trusting and leaning not on your own understanding is to seek the kingdom of God first and to live righteously and He will give you everything you need. That's out of Matthew 6, 33, New Living Translation. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Folks, I love you. 
appreciate you. I would like to tell you that I am super excited that we got our permit. That has been, uh, man, that's been a trial. That has been quite a trial. Um, I was visiting with uh, Clay. Clay, right? Clay. I was visiting with Clay. He's, he's, he's visiting from out of town today. He's a, he's a um, uh, contractor. I, I, that may not be the right word, Clay. Forgive me. But he's working locally. He'll be here for a few months. And I was telling him about the, fire, the, the issue that we're having with the fire marshal. And he knew exactly what I was talking about. He goes, yeah, that's it's a, it's a, 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 a challenge sometimes dealing with people who are, uh, who, uh, who are subcontractors in that. They, they outsource uh, that process of, of getting those permits. So uh, we, we have our permit. Um, and I want to extend to you an invitation. It's not a formal, it's not a formal um, um, tour. There's not going to be, Floyd's not going to be there. We're not going to have drinks. We're not going to have maps. We're not going to have anything. But if somebody, if any of you would like to see the church in its, in its current state, because Monday, I mean, we, we got a green light, folks. We have, we, have, we have subcontractors. They're ready to roll on that thing internally. They are, if you'd like to see it with all the, you know, with, with only half the walls sheetrocked and, and kind of open and just see what's behind the scenes and just kind of get a, get a feel for what your church looks like, you know, after all the flooring's in and it's painted and everything, you could think to yourself, I know what's behind that wall. There's a piece of wood right there. Or there's, a, there's, a, there's a pipe going up right there. Or there's an electrical uh, conduit behind that wall. If you'd like to be there, if you'd like to do that, I'll meet you out there at 2 o'clock today. That'd be all right? If anybody wants to, to, wants to walk through it, we'll, we'll, we'll plug in the lights. and We have temporary lights in there. We'll plug in the lights. And you guys can look at the church in its current stating, in its current way. Because after Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they get rolling, you'll never be able to see it in this state again. It, it, it'd be, it's, it's interesting. It's been a fun process to be a part of, to see its progress. And even with all the challenges, thank God he's bigger and he's able to bring us through those and bring us to the point where we're, where we're, we're overcomers. And, I, and we are overcomers. And you guys are overcomers. And this church that God is building through you and through me will be a place where people's lives are changed, where chains of bondage are broken off of people's lives, where people are set free. We're going to see that place full and overflowing. We're going to see many people come to, to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because of the tool that God has given us, the church, us, people, the church, who's out doing the work of the ministry every single day that we live. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.